at the beginning of influencer stardom, we saw a lot of influencers get signed to movie deals because they have 8 million followers, 12 million followers. And the movie companies are like, look at all that free marketing. They found out very quickly. And there's a reason why you don't see that many influencers in movies anymore, that that doesn't translate. People don't fucking care. What's interesting is that exact same model was put into boxing and it's worked and been soaring with flying colors. And boom, we're back, Moz. What's going on, my bro? What is good? Is it as shitty outside as it is in Canada? Canada. Downtown Canada, as in Toronto right now? What's going on? What's up, guys? It's Posty. What's up, Canada? It's Posty here oh, we'll at Kess's we'll house. Get, we'll get, we will get into that. <laughs> we were laughing, but I've seen so many commercials. Like, it's it's the commercial I can't avoid now. I was you watching the Habs and Jets game last night. See you later, Winnipeg. Um, and he probably, it, it, probably four, five, more than that. I'm just, just off my game. But it was all the time. It was on every commercial break. Kess's house on Sportsnet, June 6th to 18th. Are Let's we just go. gonna rag on this for the first five minutes? I feel like it's. I feel like we need a. Little, we have to have a little chat about Kess's house. Kess's house. Kess's house. I'm sorry. What is that? Com- I mean, one of the comments I saw is like, "You couldn't have picked the worst guys with the worst personality to do this." I think that's oh, a little harsh. I don't know Ryan Kessler. <laughs> Would you say? I said we're just gonna drag this guy through the mud. I love this. But can you explain to me, like, what? What is Kess's house? Like, is it just making cocktails? I'm confused <laughs> at what this content is. Because you sent me a no, trailer for Kess's house with Post Malone. Is this Post Malone saying, what's up, Canada? <laughs> now, you sent me a funny, funny message. You're like, how many times did Spit and Chicklets get brought up in the pitch meeting for this show? And I want to know, why do you think that, Moe's? What's going on? Why, why do you got to throw a shot like that? Uh, definitely not a shot. It's just the truth. Um... Why did I send that message? You know what's funny? I don't remember who. So we were we were talking about spitting chicklets, and that was kind of the first uh, player-driven hockey podcast where sports has always been um, suits and people that generally didn't play the game commentating on it, um, and it's definitely changed a lot of what's going on. So I looked at this and I just said, "This is like." They had a Sportsnet had a meeting and this isn't bag. This is kind of bagging on Sportsnet. Sportsnet had a meeting and they're like, we need to connect with a younger fan base and spit and chicklets is doing a lot of things. Right. So we're going to find an ex hockey player and we're going to do the exact same thing, which led to the message where I said, how many times in that brief or the pitch for that project, did you think that uh, uh, spit and chicklets was mentioned? Can you explain to me what the fuck is Kess's house? It's a live stream. Or is it like a recorded show? Like I'm just confused at what this show is. It like trying to compete with like the barstool live streams or something? I think that was the idea of the pitch. Yeah. So they're gonna get a bunch of ex hockey players and sports celebrities and rappers, I guess, post Malone, and they're gonna spin up the exact same thing as we've been watching with Spit and Chicklets. Dude, but they, I'm actually watching a clip right now. They got Colby Armstrong is hilarious. I don't He's know about Kessler guy. and the other two guys. I have no idea who they are, but I feel like this thing won't work because it's not as like, like people, I think like love Barstool because it's the every man's like crazy sports fan degeneracy at its finest, just put on display with zero filter, like just straight debauchery. 
like I'm watching this. It's like they got a nice light set up. They got the guys all sitting there like, oh, yeah, how are you going? How's it doing? Yeah, yeah we're good. Okay, cool. Yeah. They're kind of like presenting. I'm huh. watching this Borelli at Borelli stream. It has me in tears. Every time there's a goal, the, the, the fucking whole, the whole uh, institution sets gets set on fire people are like nooging each other like throwing beer mr borelli's taking shots like it's like the craziest thing like you can't match that unless and you for, just go full degenerate full degenerate you're right and for people that didn't don't have any backstory on this so borelli's is like an italian restaurant in new york been around forever and the new york island the huge diehard islanders fans. it's in long island long island new york Long Island, right, uh, would know nothing about New York geography. So good save there. Um, but they're playing Boston. And I think the funniest thing that came out of this this story for me, that's just absurd, is that Borelli's took all pasta off their menu. They just crossed it off. Just because there's a guy on Boston facing the Islanders named Pasternak and his nickname is Pasta. So they're like, we're not serving pasta until this yeah. series is over. Just insane. And then so I funny. heard a clip. I heard a clip from the pod yesterday, not our podcast, Spittin' Chicklets, um, where the producer of Spittin' Chicklets was in Borelli's and he said it got so crazy that he had to dip out of the restaurant to talk to the chefs because people were screaming at him. Like and he was getting text messages from numbers that he didn't have saying like, I'm going to kill you. I'm coming after you. We're going to take you to the parking lot and beat the wheels off you. So it's just insane. And it goes to that point. This is where I'm going. Like that had kind of something to do with the point I'm about to make um, that if you go into a production, like Kess's house with a script or an idea of what you're going to do, I don't think that you're going to have a chance at producing those like organic moments, which is the reason that we love, to watch this in the first place. I think one little thing you're missing is like, and this is like a semi shot, but I also just, I like think it's what you got to do. It's like, if you're doing something like Kess's house, <laughs> you have to like have very little to no dignity. You know what I mean? Like you got to like have the energy and like realize like you're putting on a show, like you're Ric Flair, like you're Conor McGregor at a press conference. Like obviously you're not like that all the time in life, but you just need to go like character is on like a yeah. portnoy like i swear to god this guy is acting half the time like i don't think he's actually that much of a dick he's like there's cameras everywhere this is my character at the office i need to be an absolute dickhead to this employee because it's funny content for the stool scenes like i i think that he's playing a character and like you have to do that to like get those raw feelings those raw um emotions captured and we can even go to like twitch like you look at the big guys in ross ludwig i can't name you any others i forget Sh like maybe not shroud but like the guys that do the just talking a lot just chatting they are just like it's like a character they throw on like they're like a livened up version of themselves and just watching a short clip of this and from what i can kind of guess sportsnet is doing there's no way these guys are like perform like these guys are like over buttoned up performing not like letting loose and letting the hair down kind of performing and just to add on that part of me thinks that you can't one of the things that they'll never be able to change as good as the content could be with Cass's house um is that you're coming from a reputation of doing like button down sports talk i don't think that you're ever going to change your mind based off one program for a full network and like there's like an emphasis on like legacy media to be so like concise like I would say 
being concise these days in long form content is absolutely how you get rid of people in a way, depending on what your audience is and what like you're like trying to make for or um, create for. I think people like hearing people they are interested in ramble. Like even if they make no sense, they're like, I think they're funny or I like them as a human. Like there is an wait, element wait, wait, of like, wait. are you, are you saying that you don't think Cass's house is funny? I, you know what? I can't really judge them because I don't know what it's like, but I would imagine when they talk, it's kind of like get to the point and get it out. Whereas like you watch like barstool shit, they're just fucking like, like they just like fly. They let it fly and it's great. Like it's actually like, I love listening to people I like and have bought into just chat about nothing and just talk. Like it's, they can talk about anything. I'll listen. It's, it's kind of interesting, but they for sure mention spit and chicklets a bunch but they don't realize that like their brand that they've established just like their audience just probably isn't interested in that how do you transition them over so that made us think did they bring on post malone for the kids <laughs> we got to connect to the kids dude is that for we got to get the younger demo they're not watching the tv anymore shocker what how do we get them ad? you know what we're gonna do nhl players at a house with some boats and some games and post Malone's going to make some drinks and that's it. And I think it's one of the, and to your point, it's like, you can't really play the middle. And I think this is an example of playing the middle. Do they got post Malone on zoom? Is that the, is that the move to throw a bag at post Malone for like <laughs> zoom? Okay. So that I want to, I want to stop on this for a sec. You were like how, so it's either Sportsnet throws a lot of money at post Malone, which is what we first thought. Um, but I saw in a commercial yesterday because it popped up and I was like, oh, this makes a lot of sense now. I think Post Malone has a piece of the alcohol. I think it's a whiskey brand that is sponsoring or the lead sponsor on the house. Oh, which would make a lot of sense. I don't believe it's whiskey. It looks like rosé or something. Here we go. Hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm double. I'm multitasking here. I got the uh, I got an interview with Kess right now. And I'm going to read out the guest list. So we got Post Malone. I don't know who this is, but they threw it on the board. So props to them. Bud Light Seltzy. I don't know if that's a sponsor play being integrated. Eugenie Bouchard saw that coming. Uh, Dylan Larkin, captain of the uh, the Red Wings. Alex Debrinkat. Um, like and no one with Craig personality. McMorris. Like, I'm sorry. I don't know they're these athletes. guys. They're, they're current athletes too. Like you got to be getting like someone who's retired who was like a grinder like those are the guys you know what i mean yeah and i think that this was brought i don't know if it was on spit and chicklets or another podcast but i mean we've talked about before how we love these athlete driven podcasts or athlete driven media companies um but they brought up a good point it's the line that you kind of have to walk if you are playing in the league like the thing that's paying your bills is you being a good athlete in that sport. And especially with something like hockey, if you're even in the top six on a team, like hockey is so conservative and it's so about like the team and um, this kind of like team identity and not kind of sticking out like a sore thumb that you can't really be the guy spouting off on a podcast, telling crazy stories from the behind the scenes and all these crazy things that are happening because like you have a job and it's... I think it kind of alienates you in a locker room to a certain degree if you're all in on a podcast and you're also a professional athlete. Well, there's also so much riding. Like if you say something, 
even as minor as like, yeah, I felt off that game. Every beat reporter is first of all, listening to that episode to try and get anything to talk about you to get hits. So you also are like, kind of like watching what you say. Cause you can't say, you, you know, you did something late night with a team member on a certain date and then they draw the connection. Oh, he played bad that game. Yeah. So he's irresponsible and we're going to write a fucking hit piece on him. Like that shit just happens. And I imagine for the Toronto guys, it's even worse. And I think that's why Lou Lamarillo doesn't let any uh, New York Islander on chicklets. Doesn't let them, any of them on. How crazy is that? Yeah. But it makes sense for the team. Not even Leo Komarov. I would love to hear a Leo Komarov story. That guy's wild. Exactly. But I wonder, <laughs> I got an update. I got an update on, on Bud Light Seltzy. He's like a mascot. He's like one of those huge sports mascots and it's just a Bud Light Seltzer. It, he is a Bud Light Seltzer. Yeah. The, it's the a guest. mascot that's just jumping around. <laughs> so it's a character. It's like a sponsor <laughs> integration. And the last thing I wanted to mention and we can move on is does Sportsnet think it, I feel like some of these legacy brands or networks, they think, you know, just athlete, at, people like to watch athletes talk about their respective sport. Let's just get an athlete. It's like, well, it can't just be any athlete. Like it has to be someone with some kind of like personality or like charisma. I just don't know. Like this just doesn't feel it. And I feel like they're kind of like in a boardroom. They're like, so we can see that the numbers over the years have jumped 80% for podcasts that have athletes in them. So what I think we should do is get our, get some athletes on our hand and not like they don't think about like IG followers. Do they post a lot in the stories? Do they share their thoughts? Actually take a stand because I think people only listen to people who put their fucking flag in the sand and say, this is me right now. Take it or leave it. That's when people listen. I think I think I'm gonna have to watch an episode now. We're we're bad mouthing it. We're not bad mouthing it. We can. I mean, there's a stream, and we'll put the links in the description. Um, one, okay, before we before we move on, one positive thing that I want to say about this is that on a couple of their streams, so Sportsnet has about 600k subscribers on YouTube. Pretty good. Um, active subscribers. Active. I, I couldn't say because I don't have their analytics in front of me. It's fine. One thing I will say is that. Their live streams do about a hundred thousand to one hundred and fifty thousand, whereas like just the highlights themselves are only doing about fifty. So I mean, if you're judging it on the success of what kind of viewers and views they're pulling in, they're doing something right. I will say, getting ready with uh, Post Malone drink recipes only did five k, so that was a uh, smashing failure. But uh, I'm excited to see where this goes, man. It's uh yeah we'll, we'll we'll get back to everyone we'll watch an episode or two and actually just you know figure out what's what's really going on. We'll give it a review. I'll I'll review it out of five stars. We need to talk quickly about the Logan Paul Floyd Mayweather fight from a media standpoint, from business. What does it all mean? I feel like everyone's talking about it, but uh, why don't you take it away, Moe's? I mean, I I thought it was a bit of a boring fight. What, what were you thinking? Didn't watch the fight. My buddies were... Well, here's here's my first complaint. Why is it on a Sunday night? What are we doing, guys? Uh, yeah, that was that was a that was a mistake. I'm surprised they didn't do Saturday. I think there was a UFC... There was something else going on on Saturday, most likely. Um, but I watched the fight. I tried calling you to watch the fight. But I, got, I got the dirty R, left on red. Um, I think it was 10.30 on a Sunday. The, their fight didn't start until at least 10.30, 10 and I was out. Yeah, I was out then. I was like, oh, I have to get up Monday morning and be productive. 
Yeah, there's no chance that I'm watching this fight. <laughs> yes, yeah, see ya. Bye-bye. Um, so I didn't watch the fight. I knew that the highlights were going to have something in there. They did. Uh, first thing that I want to talk about, and maybe we can pull the highlight up or put it in after, but it looked like Logan Paul threw a jab and then maybe a hook. Missed both of them. Shocker. Um, and then Floyd caught him with a right or a left uh, and completely slumped him. I think that's the biggest story that I've seen coming out of the fight. Yeah, this guy was slumped thinking, all over yeah. Floyd. It doesn't help that he has, I don't know, probably two, three inches of height on him. But it looked like Floyd was was holding this guy up and that Logan was completely limp. Not a great look. And then you had all the conspiracy theorists just screaming on Instagram and Twitter that this fight was rigged. What I saw is not... Not everyone thought it was rigged, but rather they thought inside the contract, they might get paid. They might be getting paid more where it's structured every round. They get X amount of dollars more. So mm. if it reaches the full fight, they'll get paid more. And that could be right. also through sponsors, right? Because they get paid for a sponsor patch on their shorts. Mm -hmm. So if the sponsors like... Floyd was saying that uh, maybe it was sheets. OnlyFans, but they paid him $30 million for that patch on the shorts. Is that... Did you hear that as well? That's what I heard him say that in the uh, press conference, and that's one patch. I was also like, what if they're like 30 million flat, and for every round, which means for every three, no, every four minutes added on screen, because there's a minute rest in between rounds, three minute rounds, we will pay you after every round X amount more dollars, because it's extra time on, on the thing. That could be Make an a lot incentive of sense. to keep I mean, it longer. It's more media exposure, right? Yeah, so that's where it's like maybe Floyd didn't actually want to knock him out because he's not making much of a bag. And why would you want to knock out some kid? Like, it doesn't feel good to knock out a beginner. Logan Paul, like, I feel like people don't get it. Like, he has only boxed for three years. I've done, like, it's the same as jujitsu. I've done jujitsu for five years now. I did it fucking every day for one point, one period of time. I was doing it all day, every day. I was, like, devoting my life to it. I loved it. I will still roll with someone who's been doing it who's, like, relatively athletic like i am he'll be doing he's done it for maybe 10 12 years and it's just not a competition it's we'll just there smoked. there are layers to the game that people don't get and it's like oh he's gonna hit him with like a there's always a puncher's chance it's like dude how evasive floyd mayweather is and how like sloppy logan paul's punches are it it's just not gonna happen it's just not gonna happen i was watching the fight i'm like these are all like arm punches hands down Swing for the fences, no technique. They weren't straight punches. They're all like looping. Like his twos were like looping. It's like, it's crazy. And, and what's wild is the amount of people that thought Logan Paul might win and that bet on him. Like the odds weren't as stacked as I thought they would. If you bet $100 on Floyd, you made 16. It's like guaranteed. It's literally bank robbery. That was my favorite soundbite that came out of the press conference. Floyd yeah. saying, I am the greatest legal bank robber in history i mean it's true it's so true. Uh, i will say though i mean regardless of how bad or good logan paul is at boxing i have a ton of respect for a guy who is pretty much on the way out of his career fighting a what's logan paul 25 26 even 26 i think um to do that and take on that fight and have the confidence in your abilities even as you're getting older like you have nothing i have at least nothing but respect for floyd for Same. doing that wait floyd or logan for Floyd. I mean, both of them. Like, it's crazy that you'd be three years into boxing and then you'd have the confidence to go out and do that. And I don't think, like, with... I, there's a crowd of people that are, are certainly loud on Twitter. And I think certainly skews a bit older that say, what Jake Paul and Logan Paul are doing to boxing is kind of ruining the sport. I mean, was the sport in a great place to begin with? Mm, probably not. 
Um, but I don't think they want to be legit boxers. I think I Jake think Paul I does. see the WWE as a great spot for Logan Paul to end up, and he's already done work with them. I don't know about Jake. I think Jake's taking this a bit more seriously, but um, I think they're trying to blend mix or combat sports and being entertainers and with the audience and the following they have behind them. I mean, it makes a ton of sense for both parties to kind of, it's, there's a ton of synergy for both parties to meet in the middle. Exactly. I mean, I, I don't, I think it is like kind of a disgrace to boxing, but I also think it's like, why not do it? It's great entertainment. Like, why can't this, why can't boxing, like, I mean, it, by definition, it's prize fighting. It's a sport, but it's prize fighting. It's like whatever attracts eyeballs and that people are interested in, whether it's about skill and merit versus, you know, are they like is it brad pitt who's famous for movies like i'm down to watch mm -hmm. it's just fun to watch that stuff i like the conflict like we're just drawn as humans to conflict it's interesting it's fun and logan paul's goal from what i like i've heard is like i want to be the biggest entertainer in the world when i watch that fight i'm like this is not a real fighter where i'm like he actually wants to be a fighter it's like he just wants to entertain he's putting his hand up he's like making faces he's getting crazy it's like this is like a show and I and I I enjoyed it. I thought it was I thought it was fun. It was not a great boxing match, but it was fun. It was cool. Like Maybe I was getting jitters. It doesn't jitters. have to be that. Maybe it won't. And of course you're still going to have boxing matches in the future where it's about the skill and the sport itself, but I think we're heading into a place where it can be both. It can be entertainment, it can be prize fighting, and it can be boxing as a sport. But I think one caveat is if you're doing it as an entertainer, you have to go ham like the Paul brothers are. Like they are training and they they have they have skills like they're not trash cans just walking in there just throwing fucking haymakers like they're actually have technique they're just not well greased veterans or like well greased well oiled machines where it's like wow they're like a seriously talented like special boxer like ryan garcia said it best who has his own podcast uh when he was talking to ben Askren pre jake paul fight he's just like is is jake paul good at boxing yeah he's a good boxer is he anywhere near a prodigy or something special in boxing? No. It's like there are thousands across the world that are like in gyms in Russia, the Philippines, Mexico, wherever, where it's like, you know, this guy's like built different. He's like born different, like a Connor, Mc Connor McDavid different. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. they've been training since they were eight. I mean, what can you expect? Like you said, like no. they've been in the sport for three years. I think it's fun. Even, like, could you think of another influencer who could go eight rounds, I mean, albeit kind of under different rules, but go eight rounds with the greatest boxer of all time? Like, I mean, I see that as an accomplishment even in its own right. Yeah, I, I think it was, at the end of the day, it's a win-win for both of them. It was fucking great show. Um, but I kind of want to go in, into like the production. Like, did you watch anything from like any clips from the show at all? Or like, are you pretty blind on like what happened? pretty blind on what happened i would love to know how it compared to the thriller event okay so the thriller event from what i saw i thought was like way better production wise and like interest like showy wise but i thought that like the problem with the thriller thing is like a lot of the time the commentators were like clowning the event like it was really disrespectful like some mm -hmm. of the things these like commentators were saying about the fighters was like wow that's like these people devote their lives to the sport and you're just like clowning and like making a sham of it. Like it's a bit, doesn't sit right. Whereas these, these announcers were actually like legit showtime announcers. Um, the Migos performed. 
right before uh, Logan Paul and Floyd Mayweather, Mayweather walked out, and they just performed walking down like the like walkout from one of the dressing rooms, performing straightening. <laughs> and number it's a little bit straightening, not straightening. Straightening. What I found odd is like they're walking and like it looked like they couldn't hear themselves because they like had like t they touched in that thing that like sends their audio into their ear and then the music was playing on the live stream like the raw audio from like this actual audio track and then underneath that you heard the audio from like the actual performance of what they're saying through the mic so and then it was like a half millisecond or second off so it's like echoey it was like a millisecond off or something so you just heard like an echo and you're like what am i listening to two minutes into the song like the last verse comes in and they just go who's excited for the fight and like they start talking about like what logan paul is gonna have to do to beat floyd mayweather over top of them performing it was like the strangest thing and then they had logan paul walk out cool then they had mayweather walk out with money bag yo stand, <laughs> like walking beside him rapping same audio like issue and i was like this whole event just feels like like uninteresting like there's no content within it that that made me feel like, oh, this is interesting. I almost feel like the future of broadcasting to like really keep people interested long term where their eyes are on the TV for the night, for the three hours. Like outside of the ads, you also have to have some sort of filler content that's like of some kind of interest. Like, like what if you did something like in between fights, like... I don't know, maybe like a boxer's like teaching technique or like playing a game or like doing something like I don't know I'd have to brainstorm for a while but like I kind of like the Pete Davidson some of the stuff I was he did. about like, to say maybe that's one of the things that Triller did really well and maybe you have to maybe the content itself was a bit crazy but I think the goal of that is just to, like like you said fill time and give people something to talk about but there is like a tradition to prize fighting MMA and boxing where it's like this is what we do it's like promo mm -hmm. walkout like announcer fight you know like i guess there is tradition but it, it does feel like it's like why not just get out of these old ways i feel like these old ways are what hold back a sport and what we're seeing now is jake paul and logan paul kind of lifting that sport out of like this like conservative old school mentality and into like something fresh i also wanted to say one of the interesting things that's changed with their narrative i think jake paul when people think of what he's doing for boxing he's very clearly the villain um, but something that's kind of come out of that narrative and their reputation right now is a lot of Logan's pre-fight interviews were about um, getting mixed martial art fighters and boxers paid better. Because with the UFC, I mean, there's a bit of a monopoly there where if you ask for more money, Dana White's just going to say, well, find a new league. Um, so that's one thing where it's like, it's not all them trying to be villains or disruptors anymore. There's a real positive spin, which I think almost gives people something to root for, which I find really interesting. And then the other thing is, I think they've empowered a lot of people that uh, a lot of celebrities or influencers that don't think of themselves as combat sports people or fighters um, to dip their hat in the ring. Like I think Wiz Khalifa came out um, after the fight and said, I'd be interested in doing this. You saw Chad Ochocinco, ex-football player um, on the undercard. And I think you're just going to keep continuing to see um, whether they be athletes or influencers kind of make their way into the space. Um, and it's something that I'm definitely going to keep my eye on. Well, Wiz Khalifa actually trains like Muay Thai. 
mm-hmm. like there's like videos images of him like actually like punching and kicking as well as he was on joe rogan they were talking like about like striking a whole bunch so like i think there is a history there what i want to see more of to be honest because i think boxing is like it's a it's really boring as a sport in my opinion unless there is a knockout because there's so many more glancing punches the gloves are so big and there's not like serious damage that can like high impact finish a fight the odds are just lower and it's only one dimensional right it's just hands Mm -hmm. i think it'd be really cool to see mma celebrity fights it's Mm -hmm. more dangerous and frankly harder and more potential to get fucking knocked the fuck out that's probably why people don't want to do it but that'd be so cool man you know cool it'd be to see fucking logan paul like wrestle because he's actually a good wrestler or fucking bryce hall wrestle like this guy wrestled in high school like that would be fire but now you're just watching all these guys fucking box i'm like realistically it's just it's there's not much there's not as much dynamics dynamics to a boxing fight relative to mma i think that's a great point um building off that i would love to see mma um i was gonna say it feels like there's a ton of momentum right now with these fights and one of the things that's interesting with live is that in each one of these fights you kind of had like with the jake paul fight his first one against nate robinson you had the knockout that everyone was talking about jumped on social it's everywhere right you can't you can't not see it um then the ben Askren knockout crazy ko crazy moment and then with this fight even like even though the fight itself wasn't so interesting you had the migos performing that i saw on social media you had logan paul walking out with the chain and you have all these kind of moments for the people that don't care enough about boxing to actually watch the fight or maybe are on the fence but you have a moment for them to say oh, I can talk about this. I can speak about this with my friends. I can kind of be a part of the water cooler conversation. Um, But one thing that I think is interesting, um, and it kind of, it's not something that at least, I'm not super into boxing, so maybe you'd know better, but there's no kind of like merch or other way for people to attach themselves in the sport. Whereas with influencers, their whole business model is made up of um, getting as many people as possible into their ecosystem. And a lot of times they do that with merch. So one of the things that I'm interested to see is like where beyond just the pay-per-view, how does boxing and mixed martial arts, how do they find other ways to monetize these influencers if the product isn't going to be so pure? It's not about the skill or the level of um, the fight and the quality of the fight if there are other ways that they go about trying to monetize their fights. And I think merch is a really interesting way to do that. I got an interesting point to bring up. So I think at the beginning of influencer stardom and when it really took off 2017, we saw it like really go crazy, like Mm -hmm. all over YouTube, all these people moving out to LA, the death of Vine, the birth of Viners going to YouTube. We saw a lot of influencers get signed to movie deals to be an actor in a movie because they have 8 million followers, 12 million followers. And the movie companies are like, look at all that free marketing that we get, or not free marketing, but like built in marketing in the, in the actor. So we don't have to like pay people to like necessarily market the movie. We just hire him as an actor and then pay him a little bit more on top of the actor pay to then market the movie. It's like built in. And also people are like, Oh, Logan Paul's in a movie. I'll go check it out. They found out very quickly. And there's a reason why you don't see that many influencers in videos and in movies anymore that that doesn't translate people don't fucking care because generally the acting is pretty fucking bad let's just be honest and also <laughs> they're not actors i mean and like, also their audience to be. 
their audience maybe they're just not interested in movies or spending money on like tickets to go see stuff what's interesting is that exact same model of boxing or sorry that exact same model of bringing influencers into movies was put into boxing and it's worked and been soaring with flying colors gangbusters what we've been told why why does it work with boxing i think it's because whether you're good or bad at boxing seeing jake paul versus deji two massive youtubers is just a banger thing to watch like it's like a street Mm. fight it's just Mm. very little technique let's just get wild there's mm-hmm. something about fighting, whether you're good or bad, it doesn't matter. It's just, ooh. Most, it's like, it's like what we talk about with some like online content with like Instagram videos and whatnot. The production quality is so low, like so disgustingly low, but people don't notice it or give a fuck. It's the same thing about fighting. No one really knows what a good fucking left hook is. They just know Jake Paul's about to swing hands. Like, and they want to see somebody get knocked out. Yeah. Or just go I'm- crazy. While you're saying that, I have a couple things. Number one, I can't find the channel, but maybe we can link it later. There is this channel that uh, me, a friend of ours named Christian Steeds, and I think you were there a couple nights, um, but it's like backyard fights. uh, And they're like, they're the most hillbilly, like white trash (laughs) fights happening in like a mud pit. And it it goes to the idea that you just brought up, right? Like we don't really care about who's fighting. We just want to see something crazy happening. And the lower the level of the fighting, the more incredibly crazy it is. Yeah. It's like anything There's no technique and there's no understanding of consequences. You're just like, (laughs) I'll just throw this left hook that leaves me completely open to get like straight right. You know what I mean? (laughs) And with these straight fights, there's like, there's no gloves. It's just bare knuckle boxing pretty much. Um, It's insane. And the other thing that I wanted to bring up was that I think what I'll be watching for as more influencers move into different spaces, boxing being one of them, is that we're going to see a flip where all of the coverage, they call it the celeb flippening, where there are more uh, reporters covering pro creators and influencers than there are Hollywood reporters. And it just seems like um, the deeper we get into this influencer space, the more it seems like it's going to be inevitable at one point. And I think I got a link some of these episodes of Tim Dillon on Whitney Cummings podcast because he does like a good job in a really funny way kind of just talking about how the old Hollywood is dead it's dying quick and people are still holding on to it like Whitney Cummings it's just not it it's just it's like really dying people don't care about these untouchables anymore like people want to follow the those that they feel connected to and that are flawed like deeply flawed and like it's almost like they live vicariously through you because they they don't want to make those same rash decisions but they want to feel like they're a part of those rash decisions because everyone wants to take a risk to a certain degree maybe not wants to take a risk but is excited to experience what taking risks are like why do we play gta it's like we get to like rob cars we would never do that in person i don't want to go to jail but like it's kind of fun to like role play that same thing with watching vlogs it's a real life experience a vlog is just life that you're living through it's crazy to see as those influencers get bigger like nelk is an example for me that really sticks out as they get bigger and have more money it seems like the playbook is always to do more extravagant crazy things it's not enough to give away your merch collection to a fan which is crazy because there's so much affinity there and the fan goes nuts and then you see that reaction you're like that is so awesome that they're doing that but then it goes to the mr beast and the david dobrik model where 
after you give out the merch collection, now you're giving out Teslas and now you're giving out a new house and now you're paying off your, or you're letting your parents retire because you paid off the mortgage on their house. Um, and it's crazy to see like that becomes an important part of me following them. I'm like, oh, I love seeing these guys do well, but even bigger than that, I love seeing them be real and be human and give back in a meaningful way. I agree hundred percent, but I, I kind of want to close on one last note that we talked about earlier. About Kess's house? <laughs> Let's close on Kess's house. <laughs> no, but seriously, the influencer model of bringing them with the built-in marketing or the built-in like giant audience and like, um, I guess, consumer base, I guess. We saw it fail in movies and we see it succeed in fighting. What is there out there? What else is out there that you could apply this model to with influencers? Because maybe we can't think of it now, but it's going to be so interesting to see the fighting, it's going to rise and rise for maybe a couple more years, but then it's going to dip. I think people are going to get bored. It's like, oh, are we really watching this again? Like, it's like someone's going to lose big. Something's going to happen. Influences are probably going to be used again. I wonder what that next model is where it actually makes sense and it's actually going to be fruitful for potential investors. I got two things. Two really... I one of the things that a lot of the venture capital and investment firms have started doing is buying the rights or the views or the AdSense, I guess, on YouTube to um, the catalog, the backlog, I should say, of YouTubers. They're like buying, if it's Mr. Beast, they're buying every video from 2012 to 2017 on a two-year deal because they want to own that content and all the, um, the back end that comes with it on the AdSense side. So I think that's really interesting. And that's kind of like a distribution play. And then the other thing is that I don't know where or the next place that influencers are going to kind of insert themselves to if you look at it kind of on the group level. But I do think that what matters much more is if you look at the individual level, it's got to make sense with the content that you're creating. And so for Bryce Hall or for Logan Paul, who are like really athletic, kind of into sports, into action, it makes sense to see those guys in a boxing ring. For Jojo Siwa or for Emma Chamberlain, like it makes much more sense to do with a coffee brand or to launch something else. Like I think at the individual level, there needs to be a really tight fit between the products or markets that the influencer is going into and kind of what the what kind of content they produce and what they actually do in their lifestyle. Because I think it's really easy to see something that's not an authentic fit. And those are the times where like there is an influencer who I think she did like beauty products or something. And she had like um, 1.7 million followers. I don't know the exact thing. Um, but she decided to launch like a men or a, a woman's clothing brand, not knowing that like 98% of her following on Instagram was all male. And she sold something like 10 t-shirts. So it just goes to show that there needs to be like this really tight fit between the products or how you monetize your kind of following and likeness and the actual content that you make. There has to be an understanding of who actually watches your stuff. Maybe that's yeah. an important thing to know. I think one thing you mentioned that's really interesting, I feel like we should actually maybe talk in depth more in a different podcast because we should wrap up here, but the idea of venture capitalists buying the rights to every YouTube video for the next X amount of years from a creator saying we get whatever percent of the revenue that's made off of like anything you push on it, whether it's merch, uh, AdSense, whatever it is that you make money off of, like the ad deal that you did on the video, we get a percentage of that, or if not all of it, and we'll give you an advance. So we're gonna gamble on you that you're gonna like succeed further. It's kind of like the music industry model where you can get- a That's what I thought of. Yeah, a 10, thought $20 million dollar advance from venture capitalists being like, we think you're worth this much over the next five years, if not more, 
and then we'll take all the money you make on your YouTube, but here's 10 schmil. You know what I mean? And I don't like, think that you're just going to see so it with venture capitalists. I think that with this, like the most sense in my mind for this kind of scenario is bigger YouTubers seeing talent coming up and saying like, oh, if I'm FaZe Banks or I'm Mike Malak and I see Aiden Ross popping off on Twitch, I want to get a piece. I don't think they did, but I mean, it's the same kind of dynamic going on. I want a piece of that. I've been listening to FaZe Banks actually recently a, a good amount. And this this is a guy that like, I, I think he's doing it the right way. Like when he brings people on like Tifu, that whole controversy or the Nelk Boys, that he actually moved the Nelk Boys out from Canada into his house in like mm -hmm. 2017, 18. Didn't ask for anything. Free living, just here's like food, just come chill with us. We fuck with your content. Same thing with Aiden. No money, no deal, no nothing. That's the healthy way to do it. Is is every business person going to say you're a moron for not getting money from it? Yes. But what's more important, man? I think there's like, it's a real, it's a real disgusting mindset in North America, I believe, or mainly in a lot of it in America where it's like, you always have to get your rub. Like, why can't things just be for the love of it or mm -hmm. for the love of someone else? Like, why does it always have to be, well, you don't want to get screwed on this deal. You know, it's kind of, it's just a bad way to look at things in general. One thing to close before you yeah, wrap, I it. think that um, we'll see a creator or an influencer. Well, I'm going to put my money on a YouTube creator because I think video is just eating everything that we see on our phones. We're going to see a creator go public, like a company would go public in the next five years, I would say. I think they're growing at that kind of rate. That is actually the most, that's so fucking interesting. Just to think about that, what, would that, what does that mean? Like the Logan Paul stock. Like yeah, that will probably exist. Buy into Logan Paul. That makes sense. It would be so cringe if it went into crypto, but <laughs> I mean, it seems like it's probably. Well, it's be kind of going kind of there, right? Bitcloud. Yeah. Bitcloud. Exactly. All right, cool. Mo's banger app. Uh, you said 20 minutes. I bet we did double that. We did 42. There you go. There it is. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. We got the episode with our friend Alan. It's good stuff. Uh, make sure to follow us at Rare Peak Podcasts on all platforms including youtube give a subscribe follow like comment you know what it is ciao